This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome, everybody. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win. And I'm really excited that today our guest is Dr. Veronica Anderson. And she is an MD, medical intuitive, functional medicine practitioner, and a homeopath. That's quite an array of talents. That's wonderful. (laughs) She's the author of the number one best-selling book, which became a hot new release in holistic medicine, but now I see a medical intuitive surgeon's guide to the meaning of your illness and how to heal from chronic and incurable disease. She began her medical career as an eye surgeon and now has the distinction of being both a licensed physician and a practicing psychic. In her program, she uses her gifts and talents to help people with complex health issues who feel like they just haven't gotten proper answers or relief from the healthcare system. She also mentors healthcare practitioners, helping them to unlock their intuitive capabilities and use them alongside of their clinical training to guide them in healing the whole planet. Her Intuitive Rejuvenation Journey program guides people to wellness by not only working on the physical aspects of wellness holistically, but also unlocking and clearing the emotional, spiritual, and energetic triggers and root causes of disease. That is an amazing CV. It's just, I'm I'm stuttering here. I'm really pleased that you are here to to, um, share your knowledge with us, Dr. Anderson. Can I call you Veronica? Call me Veronica. That's absolutely fine. And, you know, for people who are watching, I'm at a conference in, um, I'm in my hotel room. And as a physician, you always have to learn more. You have to get continuing medical education. And so I am at a continuing medical education conference, but you'll be good to hear that it's holistic. And so more ways to help people without I want to say poisoning them with pharmaceuticals personally. This is how I feel about it at this point in my career. So I am so happy to be here, Michelle, and that you invited me to be on to share with your audience. Well, I am really pleased. Personally, the fact that you have migrated away from the pharmaceuticals and are looking for other ways to help people heal, I I feel like you've just taken gargantuan leaps towards growth that the rest of the world hasn't caught up with yet. So I'm really pleased to be able to have you share your information and knowledge with people. So you say you're a medical intuitive. What exactly is that? So as in my introduction, it's a fancy way of saying I'm a highly specialized uber psychic. Um, (laughs) But the interesting part about using the terminology medical intuitive versus medical doctor is there's no qualifications, licensure, or anything for medical intuitive. Anybody can say they are a medical intuitive. And what I've found is people say they're a medical intuitive if they're just really good at um, reading the body. Um, However, what I can do is your energy talks to the world. Your energy talks to me, it talks to you, it talks to everyone. And I am like the channeler of your energy. What is your energy saying? Every illness or injury has an imprint. And that imprint is what I am particularly very well skilled in being able to, to read. And I explain it that way because people feel like anything in this energetic field is just woo-woo. There's no basis to it. There's actually science behind it Uh um, in the realm of physics. So you have to think about it a different way. And people like to say it's a gift. And that's true from this perspective of think about a basketball player like LeBron James. LeBron James is gifted, but... He still has to practice. He still has to be coached. He still, uh, you know, if he just did nothing at all, he would not be good at it. Right. But on the other side, there are other people who it's hard for them to bounce a basketball, but if they put in their hours and time and effort, they could bounce the basketball, throw it in a hoop. So intuitive abilities are something that we all have and we all can train. Some of us are just particularly 
good at it and the ones that are like top performing are people that done it a lot a lot a lot a lot and with 10,000 hours of anything you can be good yeah that's true you can so why did you decide to go to that direction well <laughs> I was forced into it. I like to tell people, I didn't want to admit this was something that I couldn't do. I actually said, I'm a real doctor. We don't do that. A business coach pointed it out to me at one point. I was doing an international business where it was an import-export, and I was dealing with customers that were international. Nothing to do with healthcare at all. Nothing to do with medicine. But there is our friend called Google. People can find you all over the world. And they would Google me and find out that I was a doctor. And then they would say to me via text, WhatsApp, Viber, Skype, you're a doctor, right? Can you help me? And as soon as they said that, I didn't know anything else about them. I'm getting a text. I would know exactly what was wrong with them and what to tell them to do. I mean, it would just pop in my head and I would be like, here's what's going on and here's what you can do about it. I didn't want to own this, but I mentioned it to my business coach one day. And my business coach said, oh my God, you're a medical intuitive. I never heard of what that is. Never knew what it was, didn't know it existed. But then when she told me about it, I knew that I knew things, I could see things, I'm very what's called clairvoyant, and I just didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it first because I didn't think it was unusual. I mean, there's some people who have the story that, oh, I was little and I was seeing angels and the guys. No, my story's not sexy like that. Uh -huh. But I did realize at a point in life that, hmm, I know things that I can see things other people can't. How, how is this working? But I just didn't talk about it. And I realized when I did start to examine it that even when I was in medical school, I would get the answer first and then fill it in with the academic knowledge to prove that I was right to everybody else that was around me. Whereas other people look at the symptoms and the signs and then they get the answer. I realized even way back when I first started, I'm going the other way. Um, and you will know if you meet a brilliant practitioner, brilliant meaning they can get to the answer of what's going on very quickly, that that's how they're doing it. They're using their intuition before they're using their intellect. They're using their right brain skills before they're using their left brain skills. And then they meld the two together to be able to help people get a result. Um, mm -hmm. Now the important piece about this is, people talk about mind, body, spirit, and all, but largely, especially in these Western cultures, American cultures, we keep it all separate. But yes. we're not all separate. And so <laughs> illnesses and injuries mm -hmm. happen not in a vacuum, but because you're having an emotional and spiritual issue that must be worked out. And so your illnesses and injuries become an opportunity for growth. Absolutely. They have messages in them. And if anybody who's really, some people have been really, really, really sick, have been on their deathbed, have had near death. A lot of people like to say, I died and I came back. They have stories like that. Those people always have a spiritual message that comes out of that really bad, quote unquote, event that they call a blessing. And so even getting colds all the time, um, getting, injuring yourself all the time. You know, some people, they're, they're just clumsy and they're always hitting their head. They're banging their arm. They're doing, that's a message. Yeah. There's something going on there. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is start using this as an opportunity to be able to learn and grow and determine what your life purpose and path is. And the path is going to change at different times. Right. Practitioners, we are in the rare case that when people are in crisis because they're having some type of physical problem, they're coming to us. So I started training practitioners because I'm like, listen, people are coming to your doorstep with their issues and they're in the form of illnesses and injuries. What tool do you have to help them work this out? Now, of course, you have to deal with what's going on on the physical side. Like you said, I'm glad you're moving from pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals have a role in a crisis situation. Oh, absolutely. They are good that we have pharmaceuticals. People mm -hmm. need to keep researching them and coming up with ways so that somebody can get off the brink of death or out of pain so then they can go on to work with somebody to get the spiritual lessons and move out of that illness or injury.
See what I'm saying? Because people are like, oh, pharmaceuticals are bad. No, I don't say that. I'm traditionally okay. trained. And I, and I meet people who the only way they can do things is pharmaceutical because their mind and spirit is not there to be able to do the work. But Absolutely. Yeah. They get over that acute situation. Right. They are a lot of times ready and open and strong enough on the physical side to be able to do the spiritual and emotional work that needs to be done so they can stay well. Absolutely. I've often said that if, I, if I'm in a uh, traumatic accident, I want a good surgeon and I want all the bells and whistles. I want all of the technology there so that they can save my life. And then I will deal with the other stuff that comes up because of that um, in a different way. But I, I want to have that. You want them to be grounded and in their left brain so they can perform. When I was, a, I was an ophthalmologist, I was doing surgery in the operating room. You didn't want me meditating while I was doing surgery. You want right. me doing the surgery and paying attention to what's going on. Now, that doesn't mean I don't pray for you. I don't meditate before or after or anything like that. That's not what it means. But at that moment, I need to be an eye surgeon and do it that way now. Are there ways that people can heal outside of getting these surgeries and things like that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But this is, this is where people like medical intuitives come in that have education and training. We're able to put it all together and to probably help you get sometimes, if you're open to it, what people might call a miracle. Now, miracles are just in the physics realm and people don't understand them well. But they're not miracles. They work in a different area, a different types of equations, different time and space than the hard world of um, biochemistry and physiology that most people are used to with pharmaceuticals and surgery and just a structure. Mm -hmm. So it's all valid. What do you use at a particular time? So my, my role is to tell people that there are people out there who are well-trained and educated, who are top in their field, who also are intuitive and know how to use those skills too. And this is somebody that people can use on their team. And right. realize that one person, like there's a lot of people out there who are famous medical intuitives and some of them don't even practice it anymore. Others, um, they may be good in one level, but they're not, they don't have the medical background, so they can't switch into their left brain and say, you know what, um, I'm going to figure out, you have a CYP450 detox pathway problem, and here's how we're going to deal with that, because they don't have the background and training to be able to do something like that. So you want people who have different levels of skills on your team. Right. And if you, for me, I tell people, you have something strange, something rare, something peculiar. Nobody can name it. You've tried everything. You've done all you can think of. You've maxed out. That's when you go to drveronica.com and fill out that contact form. That's when you do that. Not before. You uh -huh. do everything you can. You research your, you be, you get your WebMD PhD. And when your WebMD PhD maxes out, and all the other practitioners you're using max out, and you still don't have a result, that's when you enlist somebody like me, and not before that. Okay. That's good to know. So um, what is the link that you see between spirituality and health? Uh, well, okay, so let's talk about how the universe speaks to us. You gotta have signs, it's rare. now. It's funny because I have what's called also, it's called clairaudience, where you hear things, and I'm not crazy, that aren't actually there. The energy talking. Oh, no, she hears voices. <laughs> I hear sometimes a voice will say something. Like, you know, a couple days ago, I was with a friend, and we were talking, and all of a sudden, I heard a question, okay? And, and he was asking a question that was different from what his energy was asking, right? Mm -hmm. So I answered his verbal question. But later on, I said yes to the energetic questions, right? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people don't get that. But I heard the question, and I knew, and, you know, I'm not crazy. I didn't think, oh, I'm hearing a voice. Oh, what's going on? No, I knew it was what's called clairaudience. Intuitively, mm -hmm. that person's energy is saying something to me, and I could hear it. Yes. Hear it in my mind's ears, mm -hmm. not my physical ears, right? right? Mm -hmm. So. We all have health-harming emotions and health-promoting emotions. There are three 
on each side that you need to know about. And when you are on the health harming side, 51% or more, you're going to have some type of illness or injury. Okay. If you're on the health promoting side, 51% or more, that's generally wellness. And so now realize that I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about spiritual emotion. I'm going to give you some emotions that relate to what's going on spiritually, which will relate to your health. Okay. So fear, anger, and sadness. Okay. Those are health harming emotions. Yes. And think about it. Whenever you feel fearful or angry or sad, you feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. If that stays in your body, it leads to some type of illness or injury based on whatever the issue is. So fear, anger, sadness, you keep them there. You don't know how to process them. And a lot of us don't know how to process them. We're not taught. Right. Those lead to illness and injury. On the other side, there's gratitude, love, and joy. Mm-hmm. Gratitude, and you know what that is. I mean, think about it. Are you grateful that you're living? Are you grateful to get, I mean, I even talk to people about being grateful to that there's a doctor that you can pay your money to, you know, be yes. grateful that you can give, there's somebody out there that's doing it, that you can be like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's, that's scarcity and fear and sadness. Oh, I don't want to go pay. But we say, you know, I'm grateful that I can give this person and we can make an energetic exchange. And when you make that exchange, a lot of times you can go towards gratitude, love, and joy. Mm-hmm. So the hard part is the in-between part, the processing of getting fear, anger, and sadness over to gratitude, love, and joy. And there's multiple processes that can do that. A lot of people who do coaching and spiritual things can do that. But on the other side, when you have a physical problem, you've got to support the physical so you can work on the spiritual and emotional. So let's talk about the state of America right now. Oh, do you want to? <laughs> I want to talk. Well, this is, I'm not going to talk. This is, okay, I'm not going to make it a specific political discussion. Okay. But when I said the state of America, there are people who said, oh, oh, and they got mad or they got sad or they got fearful. Yes. Think about it. Our country is in a state of the health harming emotions, fear, anger, or sadness, just by virtue of what's going on in our culture and society. Mm-hmm. And so Americans are getting sicker and sicker and sicker. We spend the most money per capita of everybody in the whole world. And yet in developed countries, we rank about 10th for health status in developed countries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, we're not getting a result from the money that we're investing. Yeah. So now my answer to that is if you continue to do the same thing, you get what? The same result. Everybody knows that. Say it. Yet right. people are continuing to go to the same practitioners and they think, okay, if they have a Harvard degree or a Johns Hopkins degree or they did this or that and they're getting the same answers, you're still not going to get a result. And this is why you have to broaden your team of well care for people who know how to help you heal, help your body heal and create, or I say recreate health, recreate health. So when you're in the healthcare system, that's not what it is. Right. Stop calling it healthcare. It's sick care. It's yes, crisis. It yes. That's a different system than people who specialize in wellness and creation of health. So yeah. people say, "Well, why aren't you in the healthcare system? Why don't you take insurance?" I don't. I don't specialize in sick care. I did when I was an eye surgeon. Now uh-huh. I specialize in helping people's bodies remember how to heal, so that they can recreate health. Very, very different. Yes, it is extremely different. Thank you for making that, that distinction. So I have a question. You said, I can understand how I can become physically ill by the things that I think about, but you also say that there's like accidents or harm otherwise. How does that happen with the way that we think? Yes, well, <laughs> interesting. Think about, um, you know, first of all, this all gets into metaphysics and physics and quantum electrodynamics and things like that. But I'm not going to go there from that state of being. But the laws of the universe work so that different things that you focus on end up coming to you. This is the law of attraction. A lot of people have heard about it. And so a lot of people who are angry at themselves will hurt themselves a lot. Uh Like I'm talking about the people who are always having an accident. And I'm not, you know, it could be minor stuff. Uh-huh. These type of things happen. 
Um, the other part is a lot of people have, um, you know, let's say, let's talk about what we call in medicine secondary gain. You feel that you're not well taken care of or you want to be taken care of. Uh-huh. That's an illness because you want to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And the way to nobly do that is manifest the illness. You could have, feel so bad about something. And I'll give you an example of this because I found out when I felt, after later on I talked to somebody about what's called spiritual terrorism. I'll tell you about in a second. But you can feel so bad about something going on in your life, not necessarily look depressed, but in your mind you will say, I'd rather be dead then. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let me give you an example of that. In my previous life, before I blossomed, um, and, you know, I was in, I jumped out of my life. I I had clinical depression. Um, But I walked in this life where I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I couldn't figure out how to get there. But the life looked beautiful from the outside for everybody. So I had a lot of shame and guilt that I didn't feel happy and but my life looked beautiful to everybody else because I had all the material success people would want. Right. Um, I was also part of a Christian community, which um, was very, you know, didn't deal with certain things. Okay. So I got to the point where I didn't want to be married. Okay. I decided I did not want to be married. Now, it wasn't because my husband was treating me bad or he was cheating on me. It was because... Down deep, I knew I was supposed to do something else, be somewhere else, and it didn't involve being married anymore. Okay. Now, I'm in a Christian community where divorce is wrong. Okay. You get married forevermore, divorce is wrong. I got to the point where I felt like either I wanted myself to die because I could get out of it, or if my spouse died, that wouldn't be a bad idea either. Wow. Okay. Now, I found out later from a pastor who preaches love and talks about these type of feelings that you believe that something that the church has told you is so bad that you'd rather die. Mm-hmm. Spiritual terrorism. I didn't realize what was happening to me at that time when I was feeling like, well, something happens. And I mean, I know I'm not the Interestingly, I didn't realize that this was even something that could happen until... This guy mentioned it to me. I never thought about it. Now, and then he brought it back to me. But the reason why I say that is because during this time, there was times where I kind of felt like, I, you know, if I die, then I won't have to worry about any of this anymore. And it would be a noble way. So sometimes people have that death wish for some reason. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They manifest a deadly disease. That's cancer. I have a friend who was an oncologist and pretty much... 100% of the time, people have had a death wish on themselves about something. Mm-hmm. Now, people will say, oh my gosh, you're blaming the victim. What it's doing is empowering people to understand that their thoughts and the milieu in their body, the milieu in their spirit is just as important as the milieu in their body, what is in their body. This is why we talk about eating right and exercising and supplements. If you do that right, cancer can't grow. Right. But you also have to do your spiritual, work out your spiritual issues so that cancer can't grow. You right. might allow cancer to grow because it's more noble to die of cancer than it is for me to shoot myself in the head or take a bunch of pills. I mean, suicide wasn't acceptable either. Mm-hmm. But if you get cancer and you just happen to die... I get everybody's attention. Everybody's feeling sorry for me. Okay. Now this is something that's a little, this is, I'm a very in your face person. And I say that I am because people could be like, now here's the thing. If I said something that got you up, you're just like, Oh my God, I can't believe that's something that you need to examine in your emotions. Because notice I'm saying this, I'm even about this. And I'm telling you this because I want you to get help. Uh-huh. And when you realize that this is something that happens, I'm talking about this. Somebody will hear this podcast and hear my story that I just told that I've never told on another podcast about wanting to die when I was walking a particular religious walk or wanting my spouse to die when we were walking a particular walk because I couldn't figure out how to get out of it nobly. And oh my gosh, okay, it would be better for this to happen. I became clinically depressed. 
I became clinically depressed. Now I jumped out of that life. I was able somehow to summon courage to jump out of the life and move on to something else. But it was not easy. It was very painful. I fell into a clinical depression, going to the psychologist twice a week because I was so bad off. Mm -hmm. My psychologist, who was also a theologian, said to me, okay, maybe you need to consider medications. Now, I didn't want to, and I ended up not having to. I was able to get through it, but she suggested that I consider it. But she also said, sometimes you need to sit with what's going on, what your depression is all about. And then she gave me the book about dark nights of the soul. Ah, yes. So I've had mm-hmm. these type of dark nights. And what happens, I mean, I am here talking to you and your audience because I got through my dark night. And it was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel beautiful when I was in the middle of the dark night. It's just like when somebody's going through cancer. It does not feel good. And you need to do everything possible when you're going through that illness to deal with that illness, especially on the physical realm, so that later on you can have these spiritual revelations. But I'm pointing it out to people so they understand you're not just the body. You're not just spirit. You're not just an emotion. It all works together always. You cannot separate it. And so on your well care team, On the team that helps you create health, you have to create health, not just in your body, but in your spirit and your mind, so that it all sticks and you can move to the next level. It's part of the spiritual journey. Wonderful. And thank you very much for for articulating that so well. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. My guest today is Dr. Veronica Anderson, uh, who is a medical intuitive, and she's giving us some really great insights, which she'll continue to provide for us as we come back. So come back in a minute. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win. And our guest today is Dr. Veronica Anderson, who's a medical intuitive and a functional medicine uh, practitioner and a homeopath. And... Veronica, I really appreciate the focus that you've been putting on the podcast so far. Um, so we're talking about people who, um, you had mentioned people that go to their doctor. They, I have had people who go to their doctor, they do everything that their doctor tells them to do, everything. They go to another doctor, do everything that the doctor tells them to do, everything. And they still don't get well. So what is everybody missing? They're missing this particular link. Okay, strange, rare, peculiar. If you're doing everything that is known in, okay, so first, if you're doing traditional medicine, Western medicine, realize that it is chronic and crisis care, and it doesn't deal well. I'm sorry, it's acute. Means it's it's crisis right in the moment. But chronic, when you've had something for a while. The traditional Western medical system is not able to deal with that well, not able to get people off medicines. And when it doesn't have a named diagnosis, horrible, absolutely horrible. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so what people are missing is that there are so many other ways of doing it from around the world that work 
even and can be used alongside of Western medicine. So they're complementary. It's not one or other. Mm -hmm. um, and so realize that this is part of your journey to understand that it's not just one thing and not just one way and bring more people on the team. So if you have strange, rare, and peculiar, the first thing to think about is, is there some other system that can help me that's out there? Number one. Number two, what issue am I going through that I'm refusing to deal with, refusing to see, that deals with fear, anger, and or sadness? Now guess what? I'm saying that like it's simple, but we all have fear, anger, and sadness. It sounds simple, right? I'm just saying these three things. What is it? Guess what? We all have fear, anger, and sadness in us. We all have a spectrum of emotions. We don't even realize that we have them. So this is when you enlist people who are guides and counselors to help you work through it. And I'm putting out there that there are other types of guides and counselors that you may never have heard of. And people say, oh, I know what a medical tool is. So one of the most famous medical intuitives out there, to put it on a map, it's been on Oprah, Carolyn Mace, right? She loves to talk about archetypes and blah, 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 blah. It's great. I'm like, you can figure out what your archetype is, but if you're eating, you have an addiction to food, we're going to have to deal with the physical way to deal with the addiction so we can deal with whatever the archetype's telling you to overeat. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm going to come at it from a different way. And how do I do that? Oh, I have homeopathic remedies that work well for people who can't figure out how to get past an addiction. And I'm talking about food addiction, but I, these work for caffeine and drugs and cigarettes and things like that. That's not my area of expertise. So, um, However, there are remedies in other areas that help people deal with these pieces of their path that are not, no answer in Western medicine. No answer in Western medicine. So now what do we do? How do you suggest people get to the point of where they will even begin to acknowledge that there are those alternative therapies or medicines that is um, outside of the Western medicine realm? Because so many people uh, feel like because the United States is such an advanced country, because we're one of the most wealthy countries in the world, we obviously have the best of everything. Therefore, our, um, our traditional Western medical doctors and our insurance and the pharmaceuticals is the only way to go. So how would you help somebody shift that? When you look at the data about how well the American medical system is performing, you will realize, as I previously said, we spend the most money way by far per capita, per person, of everybody in the entire world, but we do not even close have the best health status. Mm -hmm. So, having said that, realize there are other places that have other symptoms. The big, the big systems that are out there that just people need to think about. Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. Ayurvedic medicine, which yoga is a part of Ayurvedic medicine is there. Um, meditation tends to be part of that, but then there's also traditional Chinese medicine, which includes things like Tai Chi, Qigong, and acupuncture. That all falls under there. Now, there, of course, there's food ways of eating and herbals and philosophies that go with that. I'm very much simplifying these big systems, but you've got a billion people there and a billion people there. Some places, it's not very advanced, yet you will meet sometimes these people who are healthier than people in America. Mm -hmm. who will live just as long as people in America without having the medicine. Right. The key to realize is that the number three cause of illness in the United States right now is, let's call it something, some medical error or medical intervention. And medical intervention is the number three cause of illness in the country today. Number three. So we have cancer, heart disease, medical intervention is number three. Yeah, that's medicated. I mean, we have medicines that exactly what they say they're supposed to prevent, they actually cause. Yes. I will give you a class. Statins, such as Lipitor, we now have the research that shows they're supposed to prevent. We think heart attacks and heart disease, we actually show 
that people have more on there now. This is new, up-to-date research. Mm -hmm. And so in now we have to start questioning. We know even over-the-counter painkillers that we think are safe. Uh -huh. Now put everybody who takes them at risk for a cardiac event. Everyone, even if you're healthy. Not just people who have sick hearts, but everybody. So medicines that we think are safe and we can just pop them, like you say, I'll oh, just pop one like a Tylenol, no big deal. And you think only time a Tylenol is dangerous is because if it, you overdose it on the liver. Now we know, no, it's dangerous all the time. So what does that mean? We have to figure out another way to do it. And so another way to do it includes, first of all, there's this whole field of energy medicine that people think is quackery and bonkers. And this is where people get some miracle healings when they know how to use it. When you go to other countries and you visit the shaman or, you know, a lot of people talk about Native American traditions. Um, I, I've seen some things, you know, I, I watch a video of a, a, a chief or a tribesman in Africa do brain surgery without somebody under anesthesia. It's in the middle of the bush in Africa. I mean, can you believe this type of stuff? No, <laughs> you know I can because I'm involved in it too. So oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, well you can. But <laughs> I, I, I say that I went to medical school and we never learned how to do that. No. Prescriptions. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to have the anesthesiologist put somebody under. And yeah, it's amazing. But some of that thing is interesting about going under. I had a knee injury. I okay. needed to have surgery on my knee. I needed to have surgery on my knee. And I thank God that my knee surgeon was the knee guy in New York that I ended up with. Okay, Just ended up at the right hospital, the right place after having this big knee injury. I wanted them to be that way. But let me tell you, when they had to reduce my knee, because it was dislocated and they put me under ketamine, I went into the matrix. I was just like, oh, this is really neat. I mean, <laughs> so it's interesting because why do I mention that? Because there are some substances that actually can help you be more perceptive and more aware in controlled environments. Mm -hmm. and now they're actually doing research. There's doctors who are holistic and integrative who are doing research on even these area of psychedelics and things like that. So now I'm not saying go out and take, go on the street and buy LSD. I am saying they have research when people are under certain types of conditions and getting therapy, they're able to be more open, more perceptive and clear information out, the information that's health harming out better than when they don't use these type of things. So we're not talking party, go out and smoking and all this other type of stuff. I'm talking that under, with a practitioner who is a guy using certain substances that are made in Western medicine, there can be remarkable results in the right hands. So we have to be open that there's all these people that have been, the universe put Everybody here, just like, you know, like I say, people say, oh, you never should have plastic surgery. The universe put cosmetic surgeons here. Yeah. The universe put here for a reason. Yes. There's people benefit from dermatologists. <laughs> or, you know, I'm, I'm saying things that a lot of times people think are vanity. Uh huh. But my friend who started out at a cancer hospital doing reconstructive breast surgery for people who had cancer ended up being pretty cosmetic when people would come to him because they wanted something cute, let's call it. I mean, I'm, I don't know how many women's lives, he's affected so many women's lives, reconstructing them after a cancer. I mean, think about it. Think about it. This used to be something that the healthcare system wouldn't even consider paying for because they considered it frivolous. Right. To the point where women have become advocates, thank gosh, and so when women have breast surgery, they might choose that, yes, I want to have a reconstruction. And there are doctors who are specially trained to help women who are getting it for reconstructive purposes versus cosmetic purposes, which cosmetic, of course, is much easier when you're dealing with somebody without the underlying illness. So, you know, I thank God for, you know, Dr. Wei who reconstructed and changed a lot of lives so women could walk out and feel the way they wanted to feel walking out in the world after a major trauma. Um, thank you. I'm grateful for people like that. So we need to understand there are a lot of doctors who are Western trained 
and you want them to stay that way. You want them to stay well-grounded. Be yeah. appreciative. Don't be mad if your doctor doesn't know the answer. The answer is, hey, there are other people out there. Now let me find them and yes. put them on my team. And those doctors who are now, let's call it functional or integrative or are going to have that rub or bend that they want to help you on their, your life journey. And that doesn't just mean prescribing a supplement or telling you the right diet or something like that. It's going to mean they're going to have some wisdom and knowledge to impart on you to help you live yeah. a better life, vibrate higher. Be so can you, yeah. Can you give us an idea of some common conditions that have emotional roots? <laughs> okay. So for women, a lot of times, you know, I like, I like to talk about breast cancer because where is it? It's right in the heart area. And a lot of women, more women have left breast cancer than they do right breast cancer. Interesting. It's on the left side. So a lot of times women who have matters of the heart where they're not nurturing themselves or they have a problem with, first of all, self-love and then how they manifest their own self-love vis-a-vis how they deal with their family. Women like that tend to get breast cancer more. Wow. And here's the thing. You don't, you don't, you don't um, work that out necessarily. You fix the breast cancer, you might end up with a lung problem or a heart problem. So you think, I'm having a side effect from chemotherapy or I'm having, or I have lymphedema in my left arm. You, these are all issues that have to do with the heart center, uh-huh. matters of the heart. Think about what you think that it means. And a lot of women will be honest about, you know, it starts with self-love. And a lot of us, we don't, we don't love ourselves. Another very, very common condition today, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's yeah. an inflammation. It's an autoimmune inflammation. Where the so, body attacks itself. Yes. The body is atta- your body is attacking itself. Mm-hmm. A lot of times autoimmune disease has to do with problems in your tribe of origin, your family of origin. It's mm-hmm. in the blood system. Your blood is being attacking and the cells are going to your thyroid. And these are things that you're angry about a lot of times. Itis is an inflammation. You're angry and you're not voicing it. So people say, oh, I got a thyroid problem. Just thought, well, how does it, hey, it's autoimmune. You're not liking yourself. You're loathing yourself. You're not voicing something. And it's an itis, so it's more anger than anything else. Interesting. It's not fear or, sang- it's not fear or sadness, it's anger. It's the hotter emotion, which would be an inflammation. Exactly. And so yeah. this is how you have to start thinking about it. Now, here is the thing. Even, even me, I know these things. I've been, you know, I was in a homeopathy training with um, a woman, Dr. McKit Hyatt, who owns Humankind. And we, had, we, were, we were asked to volunteer. I asked to volunteer about something I was having an emotional experience about. When I got up there and she was asking me about it, I could not bring it up myself. Uh-huh. She had to bring it out of me. And she was demonstrating to the class also how she said, look at this woman. She's very intelligent. She's brilliant. Yet she can't say these things. Do you understand how this works? It gets so very deep. So in your psyche. So in a, so you know what you're emotional about on the surface, but figuring out exactly how to voice it and then how to heal it. That's why people have to work together in partnership. So I'm standing up there knowing all the academic knowledge, knowing the energy stuff, and I couldn't do it on myself. That's amazing. People talk about Mm self-help. Misnomer. You're not going to read a book and get it. You have to work with somebody. It's very important. Yes, to have the guide. Yeah. And and so just like in business, um, you have to, and, and here's the thing, you want to learn from a master, right? You want to learn from somebody else who's mastered it. Everybody who I work with to help me move up is going to be vibrating higher than me. Yes. Or I'm not going to work with you. Anybody who chooses me to work, they're going to be vibrating. Now, this, there's nothing bad about where you vibrate, okay? So don't, you know, people want to think, yes, you want to go higher, but just because of where you are, it doesn't mean that it's bad. And your deprived, your body, your chakras, your whole thing, they, they all vibrate in different ways. So it just depends on what the issue is. So a lot of times, because we like to have, get an A in the class, yeah. we all want to say, oh, well, we're an old soul or what? If you're an old soul and you're here, people say, yeah, I'm an old soul. Well, I'm an old soul means, what could mean I'm an old fool. 
Because <laughs> I still need to be here. I'm still here. If I'm that good, I wouldn't be here in the earth school, right? So people think being an old soul is this great thing. But guess what? It just means I'm taking an extra damn long time to learn, right? I mean, yeah. just a different way of looking at it. Because people say, oh, well, I'm an old soul. Now, what a lot of people mean when they're an old soul is just they're usually just stuck in their ways. Yeah, absolutely. How many people have you seen like that, Michelle? Oh, they're, they're stuck. And that's what they mean by they're old, because they're old and stuck in their old way of doing things. And not only stuck, they're very inflexible. They got everything wrong with their body because they're inflexible. You got arthritis, you can't move your joints, you're stiff and stuck. Stiff yeah. and stuck. Absolutely. Yeah. What does that say? There you go. What's another thing? You're stiff and stuck? Yeah. Well, absolutely. About that. But guess what? Here's the other beauty of this. You can work energetically. Now you gotta do some physical things. Like if you're stiff and stuck and you're sensitive to gluten and dairy, you're not gonna do energetic work and keep the gluten and dairy in your eating plan and get well. Right. You have to do the physical if you are sensitive. You're yes. not gonna eat a bunch of sugar and be able to get over this stiffness and pain because sugar in every single person is inflammatory. Right. Period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is why it's important when you have something like this, just besides say, oh, I'm working on myself spiritually. Okay. But you're eating like crap. And so we need to get you over eating like crap. And you may be eating like crap because you're addicted. And there's nothing bad about that. It's just where you are. We have to work on that number three energy system, that number three chakra, that where the addiction lies and figure out what that is. And, and work on that. But we got to work. But while we're working on the addiction, I'm going to deal with something homeopathically and I'm going to slowly work on, okay, what, what foods can we strengthen you with? What do we have to take out that's making you weak? You know what I'm saying? 360 plan. Absolutely. Because we are not compartmentalized. And I've had this conversation literally four times today. And so as yeah. I... <laughs> And as I'm, as I'm listening, I'm going, oh my gosh, this is the fourth time somebody has said this to me today. So I think there's something here that I need to pay attention to. So uh -oh. thank you very are you, much. Are you saying somebody was counseling you and saying this? No, no. I was, I was talking to other people about on the, the podcast. So other podcast guests that will be coming will also yeah. be talking about the same thing. But it's, it's like somebody out there is trying to tell me something about how important it is about what you put in your body. Because quite frankly, last night I was really having a hard time and I kind of binged. So, <laughs> But you realize it. But you know, here's the other thing about what you put in your body. I talk about this in my book too. I have a, I have a book called, one of the chapters, one of the sections is called Stop Sleeping with the Devil. Ooh. And I wrote this, yeah, I wrote this to women uh -huh. who... Okay tend to interact intimately with men who are not good for their body or soul. Uh -huh. And you, you have to watch what food you put in your body, what you listen to, who you talk to, what's on the TV, who you're interacting with, and who you're having intimate relations with. Yeah. All of that is going to affect you. And yeah. so when you're examining who you want to be in your sphere, and I know we're all connected and blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean you have to be sleeping with the devil. No. So, you I know. Can be, I can be in his sphere, but he can be over there. I don't have to, you know, because we are energetically connected. We can be standing in the same room with them. That doesn't mean that we have to take them to our bed. That's right. And on, on the other side, there are a lot of women who end up in toxic situations. Um, and I'm saying this for them to realize you have to make a change and get out. I had once had, I was on a podcast and a woman asked, well, what do I do for my health while I'm waiting to get out? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not gonna work, you're not gonna get well. I'm, I'm sorry to say that. You, you're waiting, you're, you have to get the courage to move on. Even if you have to quote unquote make a plan, if somebody's here listening saying, okay, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna get well and then I'm gonna get out. Sometimes it doesn't work the right way. You gotta jump while you're sick because you're not gonna get well. It was like when I was ready to change my life, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had to let go. I was in between, like from one, one trapeze is swinging back the other way. 
right? You know who says this? Our mentor says that that trapeze is going the other way. That one I haven't reached yet. Yep. I had to let go. Yep, you do. Yeah. I couldn't let go. Guess what about the trapeze situation? When I let go of that trapeze, I couldn't see the next trapeze yet. I couldn't even see it. I had to leap with faith. And yeah. you know what happened? What I happened? Fell. I fell. I fell off the trapeze. Whoa. Because sometimes it happens like that. Yeah. You've got to guarantee the other, you're going to be able to catch the other trapeze. But guess what? When I fell, I was smart enough to pick a team of people in all different areas of my life who brushed me off and helped me heal. Mind, body, spirit helped me heal. Okay. And then I was able to jump back up and grab the other trapeze because I was then strong enough. So I don't want to fake like, you know, people like to say, oh, just take a leap of faith and you're all, the parish is going to open. It don't always open like that. It's always not that clean. I know, Michelle, you know people like this. They fell and they fell hard. And guess where you learn? You learn in your moments of pain. Yeah, you do. It's Absolutely. You so well when you learn in pain. This is how we remember. It's how it's cemented in our mind. Yes. And so you may have had a past very painful experience that you're stuck in, but it's cemented there. And then you need some other people to help you get over that painful experience. Right. Right. It's really important for, excuse me, for us to remember that there's no shame in asking for help. The shame comes in not asking for help and trying to muddle through on your own. Because if we could see all the answers ourselves, we would be doing them. And because we're right here, we cannot see, and it, we need to have a guide and a helper. So if somebody is interested in um, reaching out to you and having a conversation with you, how would they do that? So first, as, as we talk right here, I want to say, um, I want to give away my flu kit, my ward off colds and flus toolkit, because a lot of people get sick seasonally and they're, 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 they go, October starts, they get sick right up until April where they get things every once in a while and they can't figure out how do I get over this. Now that's a whole spiritual discussion. Then they go into spring with the allergies. What? So I want to give away my flu kit to people, my ward it off. There are strategies to do this. Part of it is dealing with your emotions, but there's other physical stuff you got to do. Right. So drveronica.com slash flu, drveronica.com slash flu. And on my drveronica.com website, there's a contact form you can go to and put in your name and say, here's what's going on. Do, can you help me? And I like people, I like people to find me and who need help because they've checked me out. They've Googled me. They've watched videos. They've made their decision because I'm not the type of person to try to convince you to work with me. No. You come to me and after you have decided. So part of, that's why I do these podcasts. So uh -huh. people get to know me. You know what kind of person that I am. I got a YouTube. Go look at my videos on YouTube. Listen to podcasts that I'm on so that you know what my philosophy is, what my background and training is. I got real background and training, but when you work with me, we're going to work on all three sides. We will definitely work on your physical. Of course we will. But we're not going to leave out all the other stuff. It's going to come up because I understand that you cannot remember how to heal unless we remove some of those box blocks. And it's a we removing. And it's a your body healing. I'm the guide. You're the hero. You're your own doctor. You're your own hero. I'm just going to give you information that your body wants you to know, but you're unable to access for whatever reason. Right. So this is what I am. That's what a doctor is. That's what a physician is. We're guides and teachers. And right. um, that doesn't mean that we're the authoritarian. Like, you know, people have made, and, you know, God doesn't even operate this way. People say doctors are God. No, God, you know, God lets you figure it out. He put, God puts the answer there, and then you have to, like, decide you're going to open the gift. Right. right? Uh -huh. so, that's a, so, so Dr. Veronica comes in front of you. The gift was put here in front of you. Are you going to open that? I've had people come in front of me, say, I know I need you. It has my, the gift of me has your name, your social security number, everything on it, and you don't open the gifts. I'm sure you have people, you're listening to Michelle. Michelle is your gift. 
And then you're going to say, well, maybe next year. We don't know next year is going to come. You're listening now and today. Take action. If you're hearing this and you say, oh, my God, I know I need this. Go to the drveronica.com website and fill out the form. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. You, know you need Michelle. Stop waiting. Stop procrastinating. Decide that it is important enough for you to put down your phone and invest in yourself, in your health. And you can't be a great business person if you're sick, too. This is why I give the way to flu kit, too, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs that get sick in the winter, too. Wipes you out, messes up your spreadsheet of your finances for the year. Can't have it happen. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, we're at the time we need to be closing. Thank you so much, Dr. Veronica. I love your direct nature, and obviously, you're going to get right to the core and right to the point with people. You're not, you know, you're you just go straight to it, and you're honest. I like that so much. So. Thank you very much for the time that you've spent with us. And this is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win with our guest, Veronica, Dr. Veronica Anderson. We are, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to have this visit with you. And hopefully we can do it again sometime. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks, Veronica. Thank you for joining us today as we learn happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.